Welcome to the Revive Network podcast. On this episode, we bring you a message from the archives of our Refresh Leaders Forum. Well, I stepped right into it, didn't I? I love the atmosphere. I, I just want to lie on the ground. And just lie on the, I feel the Lord saying we all lie on the ground. Who feels the confirmation? Anyone? No. And we start and we finish on the ground. I have shudders of my last visit. I loved it, but I, I can't believe I did what I did. What on earth are you guys on? I stepped in, and next thing I'm either laughing or, yeah, I think I was laughing, wasn't I? Then I got drunk, and then I started to bawl like a baby. And I'm thinking, please, Lord, he doesn't even know who I am. Let him find out who I am first. So, guys, it's, it is. A, I mean, I feel very honoured that, that I've been asked to share, and um, I just believe in that this will be a time where we can really get something raised up on the inside of us to go out more empowered. And you know, I I tell the story all the time. Uh, Neil must be absolutely sick of me saying this, but I, I shake my head at what I'm doing because uh, I'm the farm boy from the bottom end of the South Island of New Zealand on a sheep station. I people were another species. Sheep. <laughs> Sheep and dogs were normal. Horses were normal. People were different. And I would come to a small town of uh, 50,000 people about every three months. And after about two hours, I'd feel claustrophobic and feel more comfortable with my sheep, horses and dogs. And uh, I was so shy, my wife had to propose to me. <laughs> you reckon? So here I am. Yeah. <laughs> Feel comfortable. I'm not so sure that you'll learn anything from me, but I'm confident you'll catch something. I said, I'm not sure you'll learn something from. You got great teachers. You're teaching yourselves, and but I, I did. I, I do know that God put something on me. And uh, that's why I'm here. And uh, my pastor asked me in 95 if I'd leave the fourth church that I planted and, uh, and itinerate for a part of our movement. And I said, no, I don't want to do this. But I might have told the story, but on the 20th of January 1995, God visited me and I heard him say to me so clear and so loud that I couldn't say no and uh, run to the nations and empower my people. And that was the word I had. So here I am. It's been uh, a wonderful journey for 22 years. And I just sent today that if you think there's something on me, take it off me. That's as simple as it is. I sat in the front row of church once I got converted at the age of 19, catching the spirit of great people. Catching the spirit of people. I appreciate the teacher. I love the teacher. I love preaching all this stuff and, and preaching it. But the, the prophetic side of me here is about, un about unlocking and releasing. And it's not just about foretelling and foretelling, although I'll do that. But I discovered very early in my ministry that, it's, that the prophetic anointing on my life is for the church. The church is to be prophetic. I said, you're to be a prophetic person. 
there's, there's, there's a, in fact, when God spoke to me, he gave me a vision of the church in power. When I saw lay people in power carrying the power of God. He, when the vision stopped, I'm just cutting it long story short. He spoke to me, he said, Frederick, it's not just your job to prophesy over people, it's your job to place your anointing on the church so the church becomes prophetic. He went through the whole five-fold ministry in telling that it's not just Evangelist's job to, to win souls, but to place his church, his anointing on the church, so the church becomes evangelistic. And in fact, if you find that your, your, your leader is an evangelist, you probably find there's a lot of evangelism going on in your church. And, and that's the way it is. But the point is, I'm saying here today, there's a prophetic dimension, and, and we heard today that it's, it's absolutely important that you and I carry a prophetic anointing on our lives so we can begin to discern what's happening in the spirit world. Because I'm telling you, the devils come in like a flood, and the only way you're going to see it is if you've got a prophetic spirit to see it. You know, Jesus did, I mean, we, we, we know that Jesus fed 5,000 people, five loaves, and two fish, and, and the Pharisees never saw it. And they said, and straight away, they said, Show us a sign, Jesus. And he turned around and said to them, Beware of the leaven of the, of the Pharisees. Beware of the leaven of Herod. Yeah. He said, beware of the religious spirit that has a form of godliness, no power. Yeah. Don't hang around that kind of stuff. Paul said to Timothy about that. Don't hang around people that have no, no sense of the power of God. They're not good for you. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah. And so we find that religious spirit is controlling, it's manipulating, it's, yeah. it's, it's divisive, it's everything. And he said, beware of the leaven of, of Herod, which is the spirit of this world. And, and, and it's equally is, is dangerous. And, and oftentimes you find that that's the very thing that's, that comes into your churches to bring division. Those two spirits will creep into your church and, and bring division. And we know that Psalm 133 says that if God, that God commands a blessing on unity, life forevermore. I said, life forevermore. And I walked in here today and felt the buzz in the atmosphere and then, then you start to worship. I thought, man, there's unity here. And you, whatever you do, you've got to protect this thing because I'm telling you, the devil does not want, does not want your nation to be on one page about the remove of God, about the remove of his spirit. Sir, I can't help but say this to you. Isaiah 9, 7 says, of the increase of his government, there is no end. The increase of government, there's... there's it's ever increasing. There's no ceiling on God's kind of government. And today God wants to put that, that anointing on your shoulders. For the, and it says, Isaiah 9, 7 says, for the justice for the people and judgment on the devil. God bring an increase for the, for the justice for the people and judgment. On, and the, I love the last part of that verse. It says, it says and, the, and the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform this. I love that bit. This is... This is Nothing to do with you. This is a passion of God that wants to put increase. Can I just pray for you right now? Come, come, both of you come together. Would you both come? Is this your wife, is it? Is it? Yes. Just come together. Of the increase of his government. Increase. It's called increase. Increase of his government. Governmental anointing. That shifts atmospheres. That shifts powers. It rests on you for the purpose that the people get justice. That the people get justice. People get justice when you turn up. I said, people get justice. And the devil gets judged. I place it on him. That same anointing, Father. 
outflow of the increase. No ceiling on it, little lady. There's no ceiling on it. Unlimited. I figure that's a word for all of us, isn't it? Why don't we just stand right now just before we even start? You know, sometimes, sometimes we have to make room for more. We're so full of what we've already got, we don't have room for any more. And I believe that God wants to make room for some more today. Can I put this down for a minute? I want to pray. I want to take everything you've got, hold it real tight in your fist till, until, you, until you clench, until you feel the pain that's in your hand. This is your family, this is your churches, this is your friends, this is everything your finances, this is everything you've got. This is all that you possess. We're going to give it back to God. Just let, let it go real quick. Let go. One, two, three, go. Okay, how does that feel? Free? There's room now. <laughs> Lift your heart up before God. Father of the increase of your government, there is no end. You've told us that. We receive it. We receive it, Father. That through your increase, your governmental anointing, people are going to get justice. We speak justice through your governmental authority that's on our life. We thank you for it, Father. We receive. We receive. Walk in it. Live in it. Declare it. Proclaim it. Proclaim. Declare. Increase of the government of God. You may be seated. I was in a church in the northern part of Australia, right up in Darwin, and there was a very kind of unassuming guy sitting in the congregation. Very few people, very few people knew anything about him except the and he heard me preach on the, on this particular message from Isaiah 9-7. He said, when he heard it, he said, I took it home and I applied it to every area of my life. And uh I met him just recently. This is this is probably ten years ago. I preached. And I met him in a, in Adelaide uh, just recently, and he said to me, "He said, Fergus, he said, I never told anybody, but I was looking down the barrel of bankruptcy. He said my business were going bad. And he said I took that message home and I applied every principle to my family, to my business, uh, to to everything I've got today. He says I'm I'm, I'm a multimillionaire in assets. He said I was bankrupt." And uh, God turned it around. The increase of God's government, you see. We have to, either you're going to agree with me or not, but we have two realities. This reality of the world we're living in and the reality of the kingdom of God. And you and I have got to come to a conclusion as to whether or not 
that second reality of the kingdom of God can superimpose itself on the lesser reality and give us a greater result. I'm convinced it can. I'm convinced it can. But we've got to apply it. We've got to apply it. We've got to catch that thing and apply it. And so today there's increase on us. Would you with a lot of attitude say there's increase on me? It's not a bad confession, is it? It's a good confession to make. There's increase on me. God, whatever God does, he increases. Whatever the devil does, decreases. Your world might tell you that you're in a, in a world of decrease. No, you're not. You're anchored into the kingdom of heaven. You're anchored to God. God is your father. God's my daddy. He's my daddy. God's my daddy. I used to think he had a big four by two stick because I read the Old Testament. And when he caught up with me, he's going to smack me in the head with it. So I ran away from church at 16. Didn't last long, two years. Then I found out he was my daddy. I'm back with my boots on. He's your daddy. Now, I don't know what's going on in this room today, but we're living in a very fatherless generation. Now, I know the one message that, that I've got for you guys, we got it to, to, to the men in this household, in this family, we've got to be fathers. And just because your daddy wasn't able to love you like you probably deserve to be loved because no one loved him like he deserved to be loved. So it's never, we got orphaned on the way through. So it's a struggle, even though we, we carry titles and, and we preach the gospel, do things, you can still be fatherless. I was standing in front of a mirror, of, uh, sorry, in front of the window, I should say, of, of uh, my first church, which had a um, little town of 4,000 people. And I was standing in front of the, air, the, mirror, uh, in front of the window one day, and the, and the Spirit of God said, when are you going to let go of the words of your father? Wow. I, had a, I thought I had a father that taught me great principles and taught me great things about life. Because one day I was helping, at 13 years old, he asked me to go to work with him. The greatest thing I could ever happen to be asked to go to work it's 13 with my daddy. Go with my daddy. I took my 17-year-old son around America last year. It's the greatest thing I could ever done. Take my grandson with me. See him lost in the presence of God. He was my grandson. So I mean, that was awesome. My daddy's pretty important to us. Our daddies are pretty important to us. I heard my dad say, you're too slow. He didn't even know he even said it. I was just this thing he wanted to be lift was as big as I was. And he just said, you're too slow. And I felt his elbows in my side. And, uh, and I heard these words, you're too slow. Guess what? From that day on, I was, everyone could do things faster than me. I could do things, but someone could, that lodged in my spirit. Right there and then, I remember, I remember saying, I let it go and I forgave him of daddy in my heart. From that day on, I had a revelation of daddy, my father. And some of you need a, a revelation of daddy, your father. Even as mature as you are, some of you can't find daddy. You can find God, but you can't find daddy. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to shut your eyes right now. I'm going to break that orphan spirit off you so you can find it. Shut your eyes right now. I'm not going to ask you to embarrass yourself. But right now, I want you just to let your father off the hook.
let your father off the hook. He wasn't able to love you like your father in heaven because no one loved him like that. Father, I take authority over every orphan heart in this building right now. And I break the spirit of it. Get off them in Jesus' name. Get off them in Jesus' name. Be released. Now, Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for who you are this morning. Show us your love. Show us your love. Show us your love. Show us your love. Thank you, Lord. Receive. Jesus came to do two things. Break the back of the devil and show us the Father. Show us the Father. If you wanted to know what Father's like, just look at Jesus. We've got to get a revelation of the Father. We've got to get a revelation of the Father. You've got to have it. You want to hug some of you. Some of you have never been hugged. Like you ought to be hugged. Some of you need to feel like you're the most important person on the planet. Because that's how your father thinks of you. Thank you, Lord. Whew. Let me just share something else that I believe is really important today. Before I start to preach, <laughs> I want to share something with you if I get around to it. You okay? Yes. I'm not speaking too much Aussie slang. <laughs> Good, mate. That's great. Hey. <laughs> All right. Let me just read this. This is really important to me to let you understand this. Sorry, guys. I'm that far away from born like a baby again. It's your fault. You invited me. It's your fault. You do this to me every flipping time. If you want to know what the flipping word it means, it's a Christian swear word. Am I the only one feeling like this? It's the presence of God down this place. It's awesome, isn't it? I could camp here. <sighs> that... Do eggs come next? <laughs> Love you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm coming. Oh, my God. 
I want to get back to him about this prophetic anointing thing. You don't have an option. See, what, you know, I've watched the kingdom, I've, I've watched what's happened in the church for the last 50 years, and I've been, I'm pretty excited about what I've seen restored to the church. And I've seen the whole five-fold ministry get put in its place in the last five years. And, and the last, see, see the apostolic restored, see the leadership gift restored. We started seeing from, seeing, from seeing little churches of 50-odd people, we started to see growth, and we started to see some incredible things happen. But you know what? I believe that we've still got to see the body of Christ come together and see the power in the church. It's not, it's, I'm, I, it's not in me. It's in, the, it's in the body. Hey, listen, Ephesians, the first chapter, says you're the, that you're the fullness of God. Come on. Which fills all in all. So when we turn up, something happens. I'm, I'm, I'm prophesying that because I haven't seen it as I've seen it in individuals. I've seen, I've seen the power of God turn up in kids a bit more than I've ever seen in adults. And it's certainly not the ascension gift ministry job to do the, do the work of the ministry. It's our job to equip the church to do it. So, so, and so it's the spirit of the thing. God's a spirit. You're a spirit. Thank God you turned up in a body. I'd stomp on you and you'd be gone. No, you wouldn't. You'd slip out the side somehow. But we're spirit beings. We live in a body. We have a soul. But we're made in the image of God. We're spirit beings. To me, you know, the world won't let you think like that. It keeps filling your mind with all other crap. No, is that... Sorry. You slipping. Forgive me, for I know not what I do. I won't use that word again, but I'll try not to. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, you wanted me to fall into it. He's meant to be my carer. He just failed miserably. Okay, what do you what do I say? Uh, whatever that word I was going to use. Correct it for me. But we are spirit beings. God speaks spirit to spirit. God builds the church on revelation, not information. And that's why I'm here, because I, I know that when, when, the, when the prophetic anointing gets on you, you start to hear the voice of God. You start to hear God. I said to me, I've heard God speak. I've heard my father speak to me. My father speaks. He has a voice, but it's the prophetic unction inside you that you move from. Revelation 19.10 says the testing of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. It's prophetic. It has the power to unlock and release things. What's locked up in your life, what's locked up in front of you gets released by the prophetic anointing on your life. It's just not about foretelling and foretelling. I can do that, you know, within a measure. But I'm telling you what's the biggest thing on my life right now is that God wants you to catch the prophetic anointing so you can walk up against the wall and tell that wall to shift. That's the church. It's the body of Christ. It's the fullness of him that fills all in all. That's the second chapter of Ephesians, the last few verses on the right-hand side of the of the page. <laughs> when I can't remember where it is, it's on the right-hand side. Always on the right-hand side. 
All right, please don't mess it up for me. I've got away with it for 32 years or something. But come on, we're the church. And what makes us different is the Spirit of God in us. Not what you know. I thank God for intelligence. I'm not belittling intelligence. I'm not belittling instruction. We need good sound theology. But I'm telling you, you know, the trouble with most of us, we've been around a long time. We know a lot of things. And we think that what we know is going to change things. No, the Spirit of God changes things. You get clothed with the Spirit of God and it begins to change things for you. Revelation 19.10 says the testimony of Jesus is the Spirit of prophecy. Your testimony is prophetic. Go where God is, don't go where God isn't. When you live around your testimony, you'll keep yourself open to more revelation. Revelation 2 says, return to your first lover, I'll take away the candlestick. Sometimes we, we, we kind of live off what we know. We, we talk about what we know. But God wants to live out of our revelation. Some of us need to return to our first love. Who remembers the, the love that they felt when they first got saved? That was your father's love. That was no human love. That was love out of heaven. Who felt the relief? That was relief out of heaven. When you live in heaven, you preach and you live heaven. When I talk to people, I live where God is, not where my head, where everything else is. I don't go to what in this world, I go to my heart. I can talk earthly things from my heart, but God turns up in it. I've just shifted into a retirement village. I'm frightened to say that to people. It's a lifestyle village, as we call it. And I love it because I prayed for some old guy and he got healed. <laughs> and you know what I love? He runs around telling the village, I'm the magic man. <laughs> so all the oldest, you're bringing all their ailments to me to pray for them. I'm the magic man in the village. He does, you know, he's kind of, he's found out that I'm a preacher now, but he still calls me the magic man. And he's told everyone I'm the magic man. But I love that because the revelation of God's in in his heart. He just didn't got it quite worked out, but he's starting to realize there's something, there's someone in this village that's carrying God on him. We carry God on us. I said, we carry God on us. To me, that's your first priority, not your church. If you're looking after it, that's not your first priority to, to do the church. It's your, it's your priority to carry God. It's not what you can do, it's what He can do. And so it's when sometimes we need to yield everything over to Him so that what's, what's left is just pure. The greatest thing I've got going for me is nothing. My vulnerability is the best thing for me. I'd hate to say it to people, but I'll tell you what, I've, I've lived with my own drink. I've had a logging, I used to have a logging business. I, I was as tough as old boots. I never want to go back. I have no intention of ever going back to that rough, tough, you know, bullheaded, stupidity. Anything else I can say about it? I don't want to go there. <laughs> I'm not allowed to use certain words, so I better stay clean. Yeah, right. <laughs> I learned a language out there. I'm not allowed to talk in the church. But the issue, I'm trying to try, what I'm trying to say here, vulnerability is the greatest thing we could ever have in our life because it keeps us open. Whatever you do, don't lose your vulnerability I see in your life towards the Spirit of God because they want to close that spirit, of that, that political spirit wants to close down your vulnerability, sir. You won't close it down. You won't lose that vulnerability. You'll never lose that vulnerability. You'll keep it for God. And you'll change those guys. 
It's a political spirit, that, a religious spirit that, that, that doesn't want you to get near this, this whole clothed with God thing. I'm here to say, I want you to go home clothed with God. Clothed with the Spirit of God. Ahithanel. Ahithanel. You know him? You know him? The judge. The judge, Ohithanel. Ohithanel. Judges. Rhubarb. That, that guy called Rhubarb. He was a judge. I told you on the farm, boy. Ohithanel. He was one of the judges. Come on. Do I have to. T- what language are you talking? Him. That's him. The, the, <laughs> you got a different Bible than me. Well, you asked me here, you got to tolerate what you, bought, what you bought in. This guy was clothed with God. He was a nobody. Had nothing going for him, but God clothed him. And he went to war and won it. And that 40 years of peace, because what he was clothed with, kept his place in peace. And I know that there's times that you and I have to go to war, but it's so that we win and bring peace. Come on, on the other side of your battle, there's a spirit of peace. That's our job. But you've got to be clothed to do it. He clothes you. Samuel, God knew his... Sorry, Samson. God knew he was going to make some mistakes. Knew it all the time. But God clothed him. Come on. Amazing. Blows a trumpet. What, something like 30,000 people? Gideon, nobody. He says, I'm the least in my father's house. Now, you can be somebody. I'm not saying you're not allowed to be somebody. But you better let that yield be yielded to God. And now there's gifted people here today. And I'm not belittling in, in, intelligence. That's the last thing I want to do. We've got enough fools around now. We don't need more. <laughs> but I am saying it has to get yielded. And I know what happens when you're pastor, when you've got responsibilities. Those responsibilities occupy the space that many times the Spirit of God needs to occupy it. Sometimes we're so busy. My father taught me to be busy. I know what it is to have to stop and yield. Some of you are so busy that your prayer life is on the run. We just need to stop and let God clothe us. And the Spirit of God begins to show us things we've never seen before. We need to let the rhythm of God work in us. Oftentimes we're ahead or behind. And we need to stop and let the rhythm of God catch up so we can get clothed. 
I remember watching my young pastor, a wonderful young guy, and he, and he had this big altar call, and he came down. I happened to be home for two weeks in a row. And I, he had this altar call, and he came down. He was praying for the people, and, and there was nothing happening. And I, I got to be careful. After you've been around a long time, you've got a young pastor, you don't be always telling him what to do. But I, I, I thought about it, and I, I said to him, I said, next time you come down, Paul, just, just stand. Let, let the rhythm of God catch up with you. Don't be in such a hurry. Yeah. And so I watched him. I was there the second week. He, he's coming. He's, he's, he heard what I said. And he's standing. He's just waiting. And he's still waiting. And he's still waiting. He doesn't know that the person he's, that he's waiting for God for is on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> they'd been down there five minutes. And he was still standing there. But he learned the rhythm of God. Some of you need to learn. That's prophetic. Because your testimony is prophetic. You just stop and think about your testimony. What was it that you carry in your life? Peace? Joy? Love? That's the door open that's going to open other doors for you. In, the, in that rhythm of your heart, God flows through it. Who's with me? We just need to be clothed. Some of us need to yield to being clothed today. Today he wants to come and equip us. Come here, little lady. Let me come. Just come. Let me, you, you, you just come. Let me pray, let me pray with you. No, I really do believe that the best of you has been tucked away on the inside. And there's been there's a certain amount of timidity that's ruled your spirit. And it stopped you from coming out and being the kind of woman that God called you to be. Over the next three years, you're going to find God's taking this wonderful journey. You're a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I, know you know, I know you know that in theology. But you're going to really know it in your spirit. You're like an Esther. You're going to declare favor for her people. And, I, and, you, and you're going to declare the salvation of your people. And I'll tell you what, there's, a, there's an interest, intercessory thing inside your heart that's going to unlock for you. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Be a father. You really want to be a father of the fatherless. All you got to do is tap them on the shoulder and say, they're going to make it. You've made it through some tough times and dry times and barren times, and you're still here. You, when you speak as a father to a son, they're going to love, they're going to, they'll, they'll serve you and love you forever. Yeah. What was I talking about? I'm talking about being clothed. I'm still trying to get to the scripture. Just in case you don't think I quote the scriptures. <laughs> this is a well-used Bible. Knows how much I read it. It's actually a new one because the old one run out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me read. Let me read this to you. This is on the left-hand side of the page. Isaiah 51. I am the Lord your God. Who stirs up the sea so that so that its waves roar? The Lord Almighty is His name. Now listen to this. You got to get this. I've put my words in your mouth and covered you with the shadow of my my hand. Who have set the heavens in place? Who laid the foundations of the earth? And who say to Zion, "You are my people." Come on. 
We're the church. We're the body of Christ. He puts his word on our tongue and the shadow of his hand on our head. And we declare what's in heaven into the earth. Who heard it? It's our job. We know it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I love the worship. I love the way you're honoring God. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't praise him enough. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How does it happen? I know the next level for you. I don't care where you're at. There's another level for us all. And the recognition that his hand, the shadow of his hands on our head, he clothes us with his hand. And he puts his word on his lips. I'm sorry if I keep talking about my past, but you've got to understand it's true. And I had to come out of it. I couldn't live in that place. I had to believe that my daddy loved me enough and that he could change who I was. And I'm, I don't have an identity problem anymore, but I did it once. But I remember lying on the floor of my bedroom saying, God, if you can change the impediments in my personality, I want to make a difference. I never wanted one 19-year-old boy to be as lonely as what I was at 19, talking to sheep, horses, and dogs all your life. There had to be more to life than that. And so I'd walk around saying, God's on me. God's in me. When I turn up, something happens. God loves me. For 15 years, I shut down my emotions because they kept telling me other stuff. I didn't know that I was singing other stuff, but I realized that my, my feelings were leading me to wrong statements. And my world was changed with a prophetic statement out of my mouth. And I know that as a church, we're going where we're going because there's a, the word of God's on our mouth. And the shadow's hands over us. In the same way that those, were, those heroes of, in the Old Testament were clothed with God. You and I are to be clothed. You don't have much in yourself to offer anybody apart from being clothed with God. I said, I don't think you've got it. Your information is not going to change the human heart. All your principality, all your principles are not going to change the human heart. If anything, they're going to frustrate people. Because I was at 16 and I was just frustrated because I heard all the right things. But my heart was as dry as an old chip. And then God clothed me with his spirit. God clothed me. I'm clothed. You can hang around me and guess who's going to change? You will. And that's not arrogance. I know what arrogance is. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. I'm so full of gratitude to the love of my Father that changed me around. And I just know that what I say, if other people do, it'll happen to them. Come here, sir. Can I pray for you? Is this your wife? Yeah. Boys, you come.
I'm sorry if I sound arrogant. I'm not arrogant. I just know what God's put in me. And you've got to know what God's put in you and own it. I place the word of knowledge in him. I place intercession in her. In her. My God. My father says he's coming to pray his prayers through you. He's taking, out, you, he's taking the limitations off your mind. He's pushing back the walls and the room. The, the room for the mind of God's coming to you at a rapid rate. My God, the thoughts of God are going to explode inside of you. And the prayer of intercession is going to position you for a whole new season. There's a chapter closed and another chapter opens. You're tired of treading water. You are tired of treading. But today God wants you to open your heart to a whole new life. You have not seen it. Your ear has not heard it. Your eyes not seen it. Neither has entered your heart what God's got for you, little lady. Today he comes to reveal it by his spirit. He doesn't want you to be fearful anymore of the unknown. Today, you're safe. He puts a wall, he puts a wall of favor around you. What he favors, he protects. <sighs> visitor, visitor. Father, I thank you. Perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love. There is no fear. There is no fear in love. Today, your Father's coming to love on you and give you what you could never give yourself. <sighs> You know, when I prophesy, I, I dare say there's a whole lot of people in the room, if you're smart, you'll buy into that prophecy. It's the spirit of what I'm saying. It's yours today. Come on, God's coming to close us. i got to watch this time. It's fun in the presence of God, eh? Am I, am I, I mean, you get a fruit salad when you get Fergus. That's all right. You get a fruit salad when you get me. I meant to say that, you know. I was coming home. Just the end of last, oh, I can't remember, days run to days, but I was driving home and my family had been talking behind my back against me. In love. <laughs> I turned, I just turned, I, I was turning 73 and they said, Dad, somewhere you've got to slow down. We've been doing 40 months. Judy and I have been traveling for 22 years, doing about 40 churches a year, having two months off. So we're been a pretty full-on life. For, and I was loving it because I love just, I just love God turning up. Who loves God turning up? And they said, you've got to slow down somewhere, Dad. And I, I had to admit that my stamina was not the same. And uh, so I agreed. It was never a financial thing. It was never a, a monetary thing. It was just simply I needed to slow down a little bit and, pace myself so I said okay I agree and so we decided we'd do half 
I think my friend, my Kieran Neal's messed that up, but <laughs> brought me over here for it. But yeah, I love him for it. Yeah. But anyway, the thing was, I'm driving home one day, and fear hit me. You know, I, I thought I was pretty mature in terms of my Christianity, in terms of handling fear, but fear just hit me, bang. And it was, Fergus, you've cut your salary in half. I hadn't even thought about myself. It was never a monetary thing. I wasn't even worried about myself. It was never even a thought. Suddenly this thing. But you know what I love about the next thought? That's not my father talking to me. My father doesn't talk in fear. He talks in love. So I said, straight away, I said, Father... I'm listening for your voice. And I evicted the fear within moments. And I, was, I said, I'm, I'm not going, I'm going back to my office. I'm not leaving my office until perfect love had filled my heart. Well, I didn't have to get to my office. I was filled before I was a kilometer down the road. I'm back in love again. There was never anything about money. And, it's never, and, and I carried on my life. And, and, the, and it's been beautiful. I want to tell you today this Fear is driving people. And we need a revelation of the Father. I keep coming back because I'm trying to get on to this message of being clothed, but I'll tell you what, this, we need to be clothed with God. Fear. There's no fear in love, John said. Is that right? There is no fear in love. If there's fear present, there's an absence of love. Fear and love cannot occupy the same space. You're either going to give over to fear or you're going to give over to love. And I know that God's here to clothe us with his spirit today. So that, so that we live in love. All right. So I'm telling you the value of our lives is the God in us. The value of your life today is the God in you. Not what you know. Not what you can do. It's not in your, your identity is not in what you do. Some of us need to get set free. I've seen too many people burn out and get all kinds of happen when we start putting our identity in the things that we do. Our identity has got to be in Him who loves us. There's nothing wrong with degrees and learning things. and I'm not, I'm not suggesting one thing. In fact, if I had my opportunity, I'd go back to school again. I don't know how much I'd learn, but... Well, I think I would. I won't. But all I'm trying to say today, I'm asking today, if, even though and I, it doesn't matter what we're at inside ourselves, the greatest thing we do is to become submissive under the anointing of God today. Lord, I'm asking that we become submissive. Can I plead with you, please? I've dealt with the toughest, strongest, bulliest kind of people. All blacks used to come and work for me because they trained in their off-season by working for me. I've worked with all kinds of people. But I'm telling you this. The greatest advice I could offer anybody is to yield everything to the covering of God and allow his spirit to talk to us 
I've been abused by the experts. I've had leaders get it all wrong about me. I'm a pretty sensitive kind of guy because I, I came out of a very tough world and I had to become sensitized to God's king. And, I, and, I, and I, I, I've been right from that side to that side. I would sooner stay the side so I can hear God. You can, have, you can have a whole lot of people you're looking after and still have a will of your own, still have a mind of your own, still have your own purposes, still have your own visions, still have your own goals. Am I right? The hardest thing is to yield. Remember, you're a child of God. You're the son, the daughter of God. Your father wants to talk to you. He wants to show you things you've never seen. He can show you more than you could ever, your mind could ever, ever comprehend. Come on. He can show you things. Joe, can I pray? There's a couple. Can I pray for you both? Just let the spirit of revelation come on them. This is your son. It's your son. He's your son. He's the sheep of your pasture. His heart is after you. I pray that what's on me right now would literally rest on him. Visit him. Father, this is your daughter. You gave Jesus... So that she could become who you called her to be. I thank you for just letting her see that today. Today, all the striving, all the stress, and the rest of labor to enter your rest. Spirit of God, just come. If I were you, I'd be buying into the things I'm saying because I can't get rid of prophesy over everybody. Hey? God here? <laughs> Thank you, Father. These are your leaders. They're awesome. Visit them. Clothe them. Clothe them for what's coming. Prepare them. Show yourself to them. God, thank you for preparing them. God, Gideon. God, anoint the Gideons in the place with a sound in their spirit that will gather. God, you place a sound in the spirit of your leaders that gathers, gather from the north, gather from the south, gather from the east, 
gathered from the west, summons them, says God. Call them to appear before me. Understand the day of your apprehension. Understand the time and the season that I've called you to. Understand, says God, I have qualified you to call, to summons, to proclaim, to declare. Visit them, Lord. God. I see people crossing over right now. You're crossing over in your hearts. Your priority from today on is going to be closed. Your first priority, you're going out of this meeting place today to give yourself space to be clothed. Out of it's going to come signs and wonders. It's not coming out of your, your education. It's not coming out of your theology. It's coming out of your spirit that's been placed there by your theology. God's going to renew some of you. You've been spent too much time thinking about stuff, but when you try to go to this, the place of faith, you can't get there. Faith works by love. I said, faith works by love. When you're loved by your father, you'll have the faith for miracles because it's in his nature. It's who he is. Father, I release love in this place. Faith works by love. My God, I declare today a release of the supernatural. I'm just going to put this aside. I've got a few moments left. God. 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 Why don't we all just stand up for a minute? I really want you to understand, I, I might have been everywhere in my heart talking. But I believe that what's been happening is you've been clothed while we've been in the meeting and you're getting clothed. And you'll be surprised what comes out of you when you go out of here, what comes back to you, what you start saying. But I want everybody just to, and, and I'll apologize for my language if you'll apologize for your conservatism. <laughs> Ha ha, got your back. <laughs> but I want you to do something for me today. I'm a bit of a practitioner. I, I, just, I just know that you can hear a whole lot of things and go out with information, but I want you to go out with an experience so that you can go and give someone else an experience. And I know what's, what's born of God 
gives birth to that which is born of God. What's flesh gives birth to flesh. So if something happens inside you, it's for somebody else. It's not for you. Who's with me? Thanks for listening. If you would like to know more about the Revive Network, please visit www.revivechurch.co.uk.